Welcome to the JPR Group Podcast, brought to you by the JPR Group of Baird Private Wealth Management. We're dedicated to bringing our clients, colleagues, and centers of influence the latest in wealth strategies, ideas, and information to keep you informed and confident. Also, listen in on conversations with industry leaders and interesting people from around the country that are changing the landscape of their businesses. This is the JPR Podcast. This is Sean Perry with the JPR Group, and you're listening to the JPR Podcast. Today, we have Mark Eibel with Russell Investments. Mark is the Director of Client Investment Strategies for Russell Investments. Mark serves as the principal spokesman for Russell's investment process and frequently speaks to clients, industry conferences, and the media. He's a frequent guest on television and radio networks such as CNBC, Bloomberg TV, and Bloomberg Radio. Today, we've asked Mark to give us a 2019 summary of the markets and where Russell Investments sees us going in 2020. In addition, I want to point out that Mark will be with us at our October Capital Market Outlook. So we hope that you enjoy Mark's comments and we hope to see you in October at our Capital Market Outlook. 2019 was certainly an exceptional year in the markets with virtually every asset class uh, being positive. The U.S. equity market continued to lead with returns of approximately 30%. Uh, International developed markets were in the 20s. And the worst asset class other than cash was commodities, which was up almost 8%. It was really an example of a year where with everything that investors were worried about in the fourth quarter of 2018, when we had double-digit negative returns, Uh, You stick with your plan and you stay in the market because 2019 was certainly uh, a gift that we received. So the logical question is, well, what does this mean for for 2020? So let's spend a few minutes just talking about uh, what's already happened in the month of January, particularly around phase one with the trade deal and hit on a couple other, I think, uh, key key things to think about as we move throughout uh, 2020. Uh, Number one, uh, the phase one deal, as we record this, was, was signed this week. Uh, I think it went as as the market expected. Uh, the tariffs that were going to be added in December were never added. Um, the tariffs that were added in September of 2019 were reduced in half, and yet some of the early tariffs that were put on are still there. So I think investors need to keep in mind that there are still tariffs that are in place, but they're at a reduced rate. I think they're there as kind of a, a carrot for an enforcement of the trade deal. Uh, China will be buying additional products, about approximately $200 billion of additional uh, imports uh, or exports from the United States over the next two years, which I think was the real goal of the Trump administration, was to reduce that deficit, uh, the amount of goods that are purchased across ourselves and, and China. From a market perspective, you might think of it as, well, if we're just reducing tariffs that were put on to negotiate the deal, how much of a deal is this? And I think that's a fair way to look at it. Many people have called it a trade truce as much as a trade deal. But remember, markets don't like uncertainty. And this was a huge uncertainty over the marketplace. So the markets are looking at it as whether it's a, uh, a deal or a truce, it does take an uncertainty out of the marketplace. And you've certainly seen markets rally, particularly in emerging markets since the the phase one deal was going to be announced because they were the the ones that got hurt the most, they were the ones that got rewarded rewarded the most. Phase two will start. Uh, I don't know how much will get done before the the election. And phase two will be a difficult negotiation because while phase one introduced topics such as intellectual property, 
uh, access to markets, uh, things beyond just buying uh, more goods. Phase two gets into some uh, very uh, difficult issues, I think, to negotiate, particularly from the Chinese side. So whether or not it gets done before the election, and quite frankly, if you think about the election results, if President Trump wins a second term, um, it'll be interesting to see how motivated he is on doing additional trade deals since he won't have to run again for election. Uh, and if he doesn't win, he certainly won't be negotiating the trade deal. So I think phase two will be longer in negotiating and uh, take some time to play out. But the market is certainly relieved that phase one is, is done and you've seen markets react. The other issue that gets uh, talked about a lot is, well, what's our central bank? What's the Federal Reserve going to do uh, in 2020? Uh, I think if, uh, if, the, if, if Jay Powell and the board could do anything, they'd, they'd go on sabbatical after 2020. Uh, they, it's an election year, and they would rather not make dramatic moves. And at least for the first six months, we don't see the Federal Reserve raising or lowering rates. I think the hurdle to raise rates, the U.S. economy would have to be accelerating uh, 12th year into, uh, into an economic expansion, or we'd have to see more inflation in the system. We don't see either one of those happening. And uh, also, in order to lower rates, I think they'd have to see uh, a more dramatic slowdown in the U.S. economy, uh, maybe getting closer to 1% growth from the 2% economic growth that we're experiencing now. I don't know if that'll happen in the short run either. So I think they're very happy to just uh, stay where interest rates are. You have to remember as well, uh, while it is Jay Powell who has the ultimate say, as the as the Federal Reserve Chair, uh, the the voting members who at least get to put a vote in changes. And one of the members that rolled off was more hawkish, meaning more inclined to raise rates. And uh, a dove, or uh, meaning uh, someone more inclined to lower rates, was added to the decision making. So those surrounding Jay Powell have more of an eye towards lowering rates rather than raising rates as well. So. Bottom line is no interest rate movements for at least the first half of the year. And at this point, you might not see one for the entire year. So the Federal Reserve might not be the story uh, this year, which leads to, well, then, you know, what might be the story uh, for this year? Earnings will be relatively flat, we think, which doesn't mean earnings aren't good. That's part of the reason why they might be flat, because they are so good right now. And so it's always looking year over year for earnings. And when the floor, so to speak, or last year's earnings are so good, it's difficult to increase from there. So if you read that earnings are flat, yes, markets like to see increasing earnings. But in an absolute sense, that's still uh, a pretty good number. Uh, another thing that got resolved almost, well, at least progress made uh, at similar time frame as the phase one deal was the Brexit vote in Europe. Uh, Prime Minister Johnson has a pretty strong mandate now to move forward, and the market, again, not liking uncertainty, uh, liked that there was at least a mandate to move forward. Now, the question will be, and maybe a little bit of a surprise for the market moving forward, is this isn't the last that we've heard about it. Now, at least they can start negotiating with continental Europe from the UK's perspective, and with a stronger mandate, Johnson might try to breach even further on his demands. The market continues to just want a nice, negotiated, uh, soft Brexit, as they call it, which is what the market thinks it's getting with Johnson and its mandate. So it'll be interesting to see if that's what we get. It's kind of faded from the news. And again, a little bit of uncertainty taken out has resulted in European stocks uh, performing better over the last few months. But keep an eye on the news on Brexit. And again, let's watch to see if Johnson tries to overstretch and use his uh, mandate for more powerful results or gives the market what they want. 
One last area that gets talked a lot about in election years is always the federal deficit. It's an interesting topic because particularly in year 2008 during a crisis, we all focused in on the deficit uh, and the, how it feeds into the, into the national debt. Then it kind of fades throughout time and then election years come up and it gets talked a lot of, uh, again. I always like to remind folks that uh, both sides of the aisle uh, rack up deficits. Uh, so this isn't one party over the other, but I think it is something that isn't talked about a lot that while we have low interest rates, doesn't impact the ability for our economy to grow. Think about your own household. When your interest rate is lower, you can accumulate more debt because it's servicing that debt isn't a burden. So it's nothing that's going to really, I think, hurt the economy in the short run, but it is a topic that we all think about, doesn't this matter at some point as it feeds into the accumulated debt? We just don't know when in the future it becomes such a big issue that it starts becoming a bigger part of paying the interest on our, uh, on our budget. But be aware, I think this topic that hasn't been talked a lot about will get talked more about simply because it's an election year. So I think to, 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 to wrap up what we're looking for in 2020, uh, there'll be a little bit less talk on trade, but phase two talks will begin. Uh, Brexit has faded from the news, but I don't think we've seen the end of it. And if there was a surprise topic that you might be hearing more about moving forward, it might just be uh, what about federal deficits and politicians and candidates on both sides of the aisle will talk about it, but I don't anticipate much of a change in that. With a backdrop of good earnings, uh, unemployment at 50-year lows. I don't see that changing at all. And a Federal Reserve, that's not going to be moving around. We don't see a recession in the United States until maybe the end of next year or end of 2021. But after a year in which you received 31% in the United States, uh, probably a time to, to think about other markets uh, outside the U.S. where the opportunities are there. But we don't see a scenario where the U.S. is just falling off. We just think the data is okay. Um, and valuations are more expensive. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for listening in. We're thankful for Mark's comments and look forward to you joining us again in our next JPR podcast. Thank you for listening to the JPR Group podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the JPR Group podcast on whichever platform you may be listening to us from to make sure that you get updates as new episodes are released. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to rate and review the podcast. We love getting feedback from our listeners as that will help us tailor new content. Thanks for listening. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only, and it is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. The information is considered to be from reliable sources, but its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions expressed are those of the show's host and guest and are not necessarily those of Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated. Baird does not offer tax or legal advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird and Company, Incorporated, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC.